Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? Then you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. A year ago, I had a brand new podcast. And I was at a 4th of July tailgate in Pasadena, California with thousands of other people, including our friend Corey and her family. We had tons of food and bevies and kids and music and fireworks. And I asked her what she loved about America. At that point, I was carrying my little microphone with me everywhere. And I thought it was an innocent, non-threatening, casually conversational question. But Corey and I had trouble conjuring up images of our beloved America. And things have changed dramatically since then, including the fact that this year there are no 4th of July events to attend. I'm going to share with you what we said then, but I felt like it was fair to ask Corey this year to reflect on what we said and how she feels now. So, we're off to the tailgate, which you can tell due to the background chatter and music. So tell me... What your favorite thing about America is? I know it's hard to think of a thing. Um, I know that my take is different, but I have because I am a white woman. um, You're a what kind of woman? I'm a white woman. You are Caucasian. Yes. I appreciate the amount of diversity we have here. Um, I appreciate that there is a spot for everyone, there should be a spot for everyone, and... Yeah, please come take some food. I don't want this question anymore. I don't like it. Switch it. But it's a good question to be thinking Corey was obviously struggling. So what was she thinking about right then? I just didn't want to have a hard conversation right then. We were, you know, in the middle of having an awesome 4th of July, but there's problems. There are (laughs) problems in America. And I feel like in the last three and a half years, a lot of those problems, we've been masking. We've just sort of not paid attention to them. Or when people have been like, hey, pay attention to this, everybody's kind of like, yeah. And so I feel like that's where I was and that's where what I wanted to stop and I agree with you like I love looking around this barbecue tailgate situation and everybody looks different and all the families look different I mean we all like chips that's what that's Um, what bonds us together I guess I like one thing I like about the United States is that it's so diverse also like climate wise and You know, like, I'm sitting here looking at the San Gabriel Mountains, and I love, I love that there are mountains here, and there's ocean, and we have desert, and Mm -hmm. uh, I know that a lot of other countries, you just have one sort of, this is what it is. Yeah. One topographical. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. I agree with that. I like that. I'm going to stand by point number one, which is what is amazing about America is our diversity. I agree. I I mean, I still, in my core, believe that 
that that's one of the things I love. I love that we're different. I love that we come from different cultures. That's been something that has been true for me my entire life. Um, that's one of, something that's really important to me, that all people are created equal and are equal and should be equal and should have the same rights and... And opportunities. And opportunities and chances. I like that I can, aside from having to cover my nipples, I can like wear whatever I want. I agree with that. I really, really like that. I like that I'm free for the most part. I feel like. Yeah. I'm very privileged as far as that, being a woman in the United States. I know a lot of other places don't very much don't have tenth of the freedoms that we do. Yeah. So I Agreed. Agreed. I have some mixed feelings now sort of <laughs> about yeah. that because I don't think that everybody has the right to dress the way that they want. Look at our trans community right now who are fighting for their right to be seen, to be who they are, to dress how they want to be and be accepted. So I, as a privileged white woman, can pretty much wear what I want as long as I don't culturally appropriate. Yeah, and I mean, we're free to wear what we want and not have law enforcement, our supervisors, our neighbors be overly concerned about the way that we're dressing. Certainly as women, there are consequences for the way we dress, um, but not necessarily consequences that black and brown people Um, experience based on their choice of clothing my kid can wear a hoodie outside my kid can wear a hoodie outside my kid can basically wear almost whatever they want to wear and it'd be fine so outside of dress although I feel like the two kind of go hand in hand I feel like um, we have religious freedoms here that I really appreciate um I'm, I'm part of the religious majority, so I also don't know if those same freedoms are extended to other groups. To other, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know other groups have been persecuted, so that's different. I appreciate that we can make change when we don't like stuff. Can we, though? Hopefully, eventually. <laughs> little, I mean, little changes as yeah. Can hopefully lead to big change. We've definitely evolved as a country, and yeah. it's the people that live here that have done that. And I, I'm, I'm really hoping that we're seeing a new big swing. And we'll look back at this hard time. As a learning experience. <laughs> I'm, I, I have to hope for that. I have to hope for that. A year later, is she still hopeful? I still do. I re, you know, I feel like. With coronavirus, everybody's had to stay home. Everything has stopped. We've all watched all the TV we can, we've entertained ourselves, and we are now looking inward. It's a moment for reflection, and I think that a lot of the things that, like status quo, we are really questioning, and it's giving everybody who has been crazy busy in their lives a moment to pause and look and really have to stare at the horrors that have been happening. And I'm really hoping that we look back on this time 
as growing and learning and unlearning and deciding that we want to build a better something, everything. Yeah. Because it is worth looking at, like, why we've done the things that we've done. And, you know, we are a different country. We are different people. And I think we as a country need to look at our values. And I'm trying to put into words, and I, I'm, I'm not there yet with the words. Yeah, um, it's hard. I, it's hard because this country was founded on sin, on... Yeah. On racism white on on yes. white supremacy on slavery yes now what do we do now what do we do exactly now what do we do and how we, when when it is so far deep down in our history and our souls and our family how do you root it out like how do you right we don't we don't just want to like trim the shrubs here and make them like look pretty we no. want to dig it up from the roots so how do you do that like some, something has to die if you're digging it up from the roots. Agreed. And that's the painful part. And that's the part that's like hard to put into words, I think. Is the burning it down and to rebuild it. Exactly. And also, we don't know all the history. We've had a Disney-like filter on this country so that we can continue, or so that for years and years and hundreds of years, that this was okay. We treated other humans like animals, sold them like animals, hurt them like animals. You know, we see the people who are adamant at not letting this racism die. And I cannot understand the idea that some person is better than somebody else because of their skin. Like, I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. These people are who have this value, who see themselves above, who, who are white supremacists, they are holding on so hard, so hard to it. Think, I've been really sort of questioning why. And I don't know if it's that they, like, they can't admit to themselves that they're wrong and they can't do that heart work. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, ego, right? It feels mm -hmm. good to say these people are bad and I and my clan are good. I mean, we all, we all do that regardless. Regardless. <laughs> Even we are doing it right now. <laughs> so there's that. And then there's fear. Yeah. There's fear of the unknown. There's fear of change. There's fear of what's my position going to be in this new. I think that's a lot of it. I wa I've watched um, some of the videos of marches where in like in Ohio, I watched a woman, this group of white supremacists. I mean, it was just this nice black lives matter protest. Nobody's bothering anybody. And these hundreds of men, like it was about a hundred men and a few women started harassing, stealing signs and just, you know, I saw one of the protesters get hit right in front of the cop and the cop didn't do a thing. Like, there's so much fear. There's so much fear. I think that that's a lot of it. It's the fear of the unknown. There's big swaths of our country where you don't meet a black person. You don't have a black friend. <laughs> 
So you don't even get the opportunity to reflect on, oh, this person is just like me. We have the same goals. We have the same values. And so therefore you can just keep them in that other bucket forever. I also think it has to do with media. We don't see black love on television. We don't see positive upstanding role models you know like there aren't a ton of shows I mean they're starting to and they're coming out now and we need more of it we need more obviously representation in Hollywood on all levels to make sure we get to see those stories yeah and I do think the history I we we need to take every history book that is in an elementary school and read burn it. it burn, burn it. it burn it and down <laughs> Add the thing, add everything. We have a messy history. We need to own it. Somebody was talking um, about like, like the California missions. Yeah. And how that's taught. Right. I've taught fourth grade. I've yeah. taught it. And I actually went back. I went back and looked at the California standards and looked at like the leading questions and, and things. And it does talk about some of the enslavement but it's like lightly touched over it was sort of like how did the lives change for the native californians right and how is life the same it was like it's more of a compare and contrast as opposed to like a real honest look at they were taking over land resources forcing everybody to become part of the mission, become Catholic, all of that. Right. Uh, totally. None of that just sort of like slightly brushed over. Right. Yeah. And it, all of the history is like that, right? It's, you know, you do your uh, Black History Month segment about slavery, but otherwise it's these Europeans that settled America and made America what it is yeah, and made America's government and, da, 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 and it's like, not, no, it was built on the backs of all of these people correct total rewrite there total rewrite we need to tell all the stories all the stories are important right on tv in history books in life all of the stories are important right you got away with murder you got away with a lie Yeah, the missions thing is interesting because they tore down a bunch of statues in San Francisco. um, And one of them was, I don't remember who it was, Saint somebody at whatever mission in San Francisco. And my brain was like, oh, what did did that guy do? Like, what's the problem there? You know, because I I don't know. Like, I'm assuming colonization, but. Is it Father Sarah? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, Father Sarah was taken down on Olvera Street in LA too. He was the main dude who set it all up. I feel torn only in that I think that we can respect people in our history who were not perfect. Nobody is perfect. And it's okay to say this person did these amazing things in our history and these things were not great. There's a big but there, right? (laughs) Huge but. There's a huge but there. And the but is that Two things. Number one, our budget documents, our city and state budget documents are moral documents. They are showing what we value as a community. So if my budget dollars are going towards 
XYZ statue, mural, whatever in my city, they're going, they need to reflect my values, right? And our morals. Secondarily, walking by a statue, it needs to be inspirational. It needs to be, these are the values of America, what we strive to be. And this is what our, we want our children to be striving to be. So I think that there's certainly a balance between like, okay, people aren't going to be perfect. MLK wasn't perfect. And also these are the values we strive for, right? Right. I also think it's okay that we are making changes like this, that, you know, for a while we wanted those statues and we wanted to commemorate those people. We don't need to do that anymore. They've had their time and maybe we need to look to some new, new leaders because we want to go in a different place. As American, I think we still have the same core values. Do we? No. You don't think so? Well, it's hard, right? Because even like in our constitution, they used the right words. Like we agree right. with the words they used, but not we, the intention. When they say whatever it is, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all people, people did not include women. People did not include non-Caucasian people, right? It, so it's like it the was words all are the right. dudes who were, it was all the dudes who were in actually writing it. <laughs> all of their homies were in the constitution. Correct. So the words are correct, but our worst sentiment has, has evolved. All and all means everybody. Right. So I guess I would say our values have changed. And they should. We're 200, we're 200 plus years old. They should change. Again, change is scary. We don't know where it's going. We don't know what's going to happen. But I think yeah. it's okay to have hard conversations. I think it's okay to face hard things. And we need to. We spent a bit of time in the present. So we're going back to the tailgate. Where we left off was Corey talking about whether change was possible. Which leads us to talk about protests. I, I feel like that women's march that we went to, what, 2017 was the first one? 2016? Yeah. I can't remember. 2016, I <laughs> Was a life changer for me. That was Great. completely incredible. I had never seen that many people. And it was, I what, 100,000 people? That many women. Like, that, that I saw Maya Rudolph, which that was absolutely life-changing because yeah. I love her. But yeah, all those women in one place and all kind of standing up for the same thing, which is the rights of all Americans. And <laughs> recognizing our voice together. Yeah. And it was so, um, so positive. You know, I've been to protests in the past and people are pissed off. And certainly people were pissed off, but that wasn't the focus. You know, it was about coming together and kind of embracing each other and standing up for each other. Exactly. Having a good time having a good time we had a we had a really good time it was so fun and I loved all the dudes that were there too dads yeah. that were supporting and husbands and parents parents and next time you got to bring all your boys yeah absolutely bring the boy gang they were too young it was, I, oh I was my gosh too, I was way too nervous. are you kidding that would have been a we would have first or lost one oh I mean, I, I kind of feel like it, that's like a no-brainer answer. Like, I absolutely believe that, like, protests, yep. unrest, civil yes. disobedience will absolutely bring change, and that is yes. what has happened in the past. I also believe that the Women's March, that I kind of feel like the way we talked about, we minimized it, because it was 
such a lovely, joyful experience for us. But that, yes, that, that was that, like, it was lovely for us individually, but that wasn't the purpose of it. Um, so I don't want to minimize it. And that absolutely brought change. I think it really brought attention. Um, it demonstrated. It like, brought the Me Too, you know, it, it absolutely. was feedbacking right with the Me Too movement. We've, we've voted in a record number of women into office in, in the prior three years. And those women have had huge voices and huge Correct. impact. So long story short, power of protest. Um, and I also feel like there was, there, there was like, I didn't like my tone when we talked about it. Cause I feel like I really focused on like the happiness of the women's, the women's protest. And I don't want to minimize protests that are think, angry. That was like, that was not my intention. That conversation. Yeah, no. like protests that are angry are also valuable and needed and effective. Yes, 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 yes. All protest, all civil disobedience. Speaking up when you say, when you don't think things are right, that's good. And that's one of the things that is going to bring change. And I am, I am so grateful to all the protesters right now. I am so thankful for all the leaders who are helping and, you know, making all of these victims' names just we're putting them out there. We're putting the pressure on, they're putting the pressure on and it's working. What I've seen in my area is um, it's been a diverse group that's participated in protests, but it's been youth led. It's kind of, yes. it's kind of like two groups. It's like youth led. And I mean like high schoolers are doing yes. this day in, day out, yep. getting the word out. And they're doing, done. Dude, they're doing all the organizing, which is so hard. They've had medics on site. They've had security on site. They've got all the speakers in. They have the AV system. Like They are bad ass. Just nailing it. It's them. And then it's also like this older generation. And I feel like they're a little bit like holding it down for us because there's people that have to be at home with small children. And there's people that have to be at home for medical reasons. And so I feel like those groups are really holding it down for us. And I appreciate that so much. I agree. What I do think we were feeling about the Women's March is that sense of community. It was so empowering to be surrounded by thousands of women. Like, I've never had that. And that was such a powerful moment for me. Just being a woman and in that and all and all of us finding our voices together and being loud and saying we don't want this we don't like this and we're not gonna back down yep i 100 percent agree and i feel like the black lives matter protests that are happening right now across the world have that same feeling and same vibe we are not gonna stand up for this anymore nope none it's of not us okay no it's not you know, at one of the first protests I went to this year, one of the speakers was talking about how, like, you are safe with me. Like, all of you are safe with me. I'm not going to let anything happen to you via law enforcement, via any other means. Like, we're connected and you're safe with me. And that was how I felt at the Women's March, too. It was like, no, we're all getting each other's backs right now. Like, whatever, whatever identity you have, I have your back regardless. It felt good to be vocal and use my voice in that way. One other thing I do like, I like our flag. 
I like red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that. Yeah, and it's it doesn't feel like an aggressive flag. No. It's it just like, not. hey, I have so many stars on me. Look yeah. how cute I am. And there's just some stripes. Just I just wave in the wind. Wave in the wind. <laughs> hey guys. All the stars are a bit pretentious. Do you? It's like the kid at school who's like, my star chart's totally full. Look at all my <laughs> gold stars. But I'm the this, the stars are what gives America its power. The fact that 50 and, different states can come together and all agree to be part of the union. And it's inclusive because everybody has a star. Yeah, even Alabama. Did they all choose it though? I seem to remember like 13 trying to break away. <laughs> it wasn't, and we just said no. And now they're here reluctantly. <laughs> okay, valid point. I mean, I don't seem to recall it like I was there, obviously, but I like right up looking at Yeah, you went to public school. Yeah. There was a unit on that. Yeah. America, America. God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good. What does this mean? With brotherhood and sisterhood. See to shining sea. Including everyone. That should be our national anthem. It should be. But instead, our national anthem sucks. You don't like it? It doesn't no, give you the feels not. as much as the other that song does. Yeah, it's not a good so drinking song. It's not. It's hard for everyone to sing. It's hard for anyone to sing. Yes. Yeah, like more people fuck it up than I agree with yes. that. More people sound horrible singing it. Yeah, than... our national anthem is pretentious. I agree with that. Sing it. No. How does it start? So you think it should oh, be a little bit rowdier? Can you see? Yes, it should be a rowdy drinking song that we could all oi, oi, at 11 oi, p.m. Oi. be singing together. <laughs> it should be. be like one of those signs in the airport that has hello in like 50 different languages. Yeah. That should be our entire national anthem. <laughs> Are you standing by what you said about the flag? I still like the red, white, and blue. You know, is, is there anything racist about the flag that we don't know about? That's like a possibility. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard yet, but <laughs> I haven't either. I do think we should have a new song. I'm sticking by that for sure. Nobody can sing it. I can. I still stand by that. You fled the scene of the crime. That's the end of our flashback. We didn't have a whole lot to say about America, but we're doing a lot of reflecting now. So what are Corey and I going to do? I hope things get better. That's all I can say. I have faith in the youth. These kids aren't going to let it go. They're not. I know. We need to keep them out of school for the next year so they can just keep on, like, fixing shit for us. Yeah, totally. You know, I think that voting this year, I'm really hoping, changes at, at the polls. That's one thing, you know, I was watching Stacey Abrams, and she was just talking. All of this goes hand in hand. And it's every person on the ballot we need to make sure is an ally and know their background and know 
what they're going to do. You know, the mayor picks the police chief and, you know, all of those things sort of trickle on each other. School board. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, I'm trying to find where I'm going to help, where I'm going to put my effort in. I, I did take a quiz and it was like, you know, what should you do? And it told me I should be a candidate. <laughs> no, uh -uh, nope. Nope. Yeah, I do feel like we're to the point where, because I, I think for a minute we were like very overwhelmed. We were like, yes, definitely. This is what needs to happen. And also my brain, my heart are full. I, I can't handle it. Yeah. Um, and so I think now white people, I will speak for us, <laughs> white people who care are boiling it down to like, what do I need to do? And for me, that's very much like your circle of influence, right? There's like three circles of influence and like your first is like yourself. So educating yourself yep. um, and changing yourself. And then secondly, it's like your small circle. So it's like close family, close friends. How do you help them make changes? How do you influence them? And then the third is like your wider circle. And I look at it as being um, like my job, right? What can I do in my job, in my yep. realm, in my city? Like that, <laughs> that's like as far as a circle can go really that I can influence directly. And so you have to channel your yep. energies there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think we all just need to find what we're comfortable doing, but we all need to do something. Yeah. What do you, I don't know. <laughs> what do you want to do? Let's start a business. <laughs> Not that, not that anybody needs to hear from two white ladies right now. No, but. they, they really don't. They don't. They don't. Or want to. Nope. Nope. I, I am honestly, that has been like one, it, it's a careful balance, right? Cause it's like, I do not have wisdom to add to this conversation that adds to what black people are saying already. Like I, <laughs> their voices need to be amplified and people like me need to shut the hell up. Right. Yep. So that is yep. one very true fact. And the other true fact is that silence is violence. So where is it appropriate for me to speak up? Who are the people I need to speak up to? And in what way is it even effective for me to speak up to them? Um, yeah. So I think that that's certainly something that we have to figure out now and also like moving forward. That's the part of the educating and uneducating that we all need to do right now individually because it is it's it I mean this is this is individual work you know I have tried to on Instagram start following as many black women black advocate activists that I can but I'm not saying anything on their space in their space I am just an observer I am quietly taking it in and just sitting with it and learning and listening. That's all I can do is listen and try to educate my kids so that they, that they have a different mindset and educate myself to be a better ally. It's a, it, it, it's, it's a really hard balancing act because I also feel I don't want to cause harm. I yeah. don't want to cause more harm. Right. And I think that's something you know, I just need to sit with and shut up and listen and support in the way that they're asking to be supported. Correct. Yes. I, I agree with you that it is individual 
work that we all need to be doing and true learning happens in relationship. Correct. But that does not mean that (laughs) some woman on the internet or my colleague at work like owes me. Nope. Any kind of education. So it's also like, okay, who are those people within your circle that you can have conversations with about this that's that are productive and beneficial to both parties because I think that's important too like learning doesn't happen just you and your your book and your podcast and your movie those are all important things but there has to be a relationship component that's a start start. but there's definitely a relationship component and there but you're right in the fact that nobody owes me anything I owe you a kiss. I won't owe you a gigantic hug. Oh, honey, I'm on to you. I know your games, your evil ways. You know what they say, crown no pain. I can't tie this up with a bow. We don't have the answers, and we don't even have the words yet for what a future will look like. But I believe in what Corey said. First, do no harm. Second, don't stop having hard conversations. A year ago, she wanted to stop. Now she knows you have to talk about the truth even when it's uncomfortable. That much is progress. Corey and I and many other folks in this nation can no longer celebrate the 4th of July without facing the truth of our nation's past and our current real and true situation. America is only great if America is good, which means all Americans have equal opportunity. This has never been the case. So there is room to celebrate. What has been hidden will be made known. And maybe, just maybe, America can be good. This track is Murder by Texas Radio Fish. Oh, 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 oh,